Congratulations to our very own Yosef Ariyan, the beautiful Sima we just heard. That further ado, let's jump into Lech Lecha. And speaking of jumping into Lech Lecha, Lech Lecha begins where Nayach ends, which is on the topic of jumping into things. We're told in the end of Nayach, there are two people that jumped into a fiery furnace. Fiery furnace. That's the end of Nayach, which blends, flows right into Lech Lecha, Vayim Hashem Al-Avram, Lech Lecha, Me'artzcha, Me'laytcha, Be'savicha. You've come so far, but you've got to go even further. Go even further. So far, Avram has left Ur-Kastim for Charon, now he's got to leave Charon for Eretz Canaan. Why did he leave Ur-Kastim? Avram Avinu, we're told, his career begins with a death-defying plunge, and it was really a, a, a deathly plunge. Avram Avinu, we know, found his creator, found the Rebbeinu Shalolim, found HaKadosh Baruch Hu through his own observation, through his own explorations, he arrived at Amuna. Emuna, he believed in the Rebbeinu Shalayim. Vayamin Ba'ashem, it says later in this week's parashah even, Vayachshavel Loi Tzedakah. Avram Avinu was the forefather and the forerunner, not just of Klai Yisrael, of Emuna. Emuna. Avram Avinu believes in the Rebbeinu Shalayim. His father, not so, not so thrilled with this new movement that Avram is beginning, bring, brings him to Terach, uh, to Nimrod. Nimrod, who was the ruler of, of the world at that time. Nimrod. Says Nimrod, you know, we got to do something about this kid over here. His wayward son, his Ben Sire of Moira, you know, he smashed all the idols in my idol shop. He's making a mockery of uh, everything that we hold sacred. So Nimrod says to Avram, listen, I'll give you a choice, buddy. Uh, you can either see the truth and join us, or you can jump into the ur, into the fiery furnace. Make your, make your decision. The decision is yours to make. And we're told that Avram was there together with his brothers. Brothers also slept along Haran. And we're told, it seems apparent, that Haran was also part of this showdown, part of this ultimatum. And this, you know, clash of the titans that's happening between Avram representing God monotheism, and Nimrod that represents polytheism and and paganism. So Haran's involved there also. And it's evident that Terach not just brought Avram to Nimrod for, uh, you know, for a good Musr Shmuz from Nimrod, uh, to bank some, you know, some some truth into him, but Haran was also brought along. And, and, you know, if we look at the Rashi at the end of Nayach, we see the whole story there. We see Haran was also like on the fence. Haran was on the fence, and Haran had been dabbling in Abrahamism, in monotheism, in the teachings of Avram Avinu. Haran clearly had been dabbling. He was also getting Terach nervous. Terach brought both of them to Nimrod, Avram and Haran. And Rashi tells us that they both jumped into the fire one after the other. One of them emerged unscathed. That was Avram. And the other, that was Chametz. Right? That's what happened to him. He was uh, incinerated. Charred. Charred like charred charcoal. That was Haran. Why was Avram saved and Haran was incinerated? They both jumped in for the name and the sake of God rather than go along with Nimrod. So Rashi says something interesting. Rashi, well known Rashi, but let's go through it anyway. Rashi says that Haran was watching, you know, with bated breath. He was watching the proceedings. And Haran said to himself like this, Haran made this calculation in his mind. Nobody else knew about this. Haran said, if 
Avram emerges alive, then I'm with Avram. I'm with Avram and God. I'm going to wait to see what happens with Avram. He comes out, okay, I'm, I'm on Avram's side. If he doesn't, if he gets reduced to ashes, then I'm with Nimrod. I'm, I'm, I'm with this guy over here. So, hard watch is what happens. Avram says, you know, Moshe Emes, so, well, I didn't say Moshe Emes, but he said, Rebbein Shalom's Emes, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, I accept your, you know, Animam Ben Mamun Um And Avram takes the leap, he takes the plunge, and he comes out, he emerges unscathed. He said, Haran, okay, so Haran, you know, what's with you, Haran? You make your decision. Haran says, I'm, I'm with God too. He jumps into the fire. Haran does not emerge. Haran's the one comes... Yeah, yeah, over, 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 over done. You know, it wasn't rare, wasn't medium rare, wasn't well done, wasn't well done. You know, when I was growing up, the truth is, nothing was ever burnt in my house growing up. Everything was only well done. I don't know if anyone else grew up. Uh, we always complained. Anytime we would complain about a supper, the ima, this is, uh, you know, the, this, is got, this got burnt, left in too long. Not burnt, it's well done. So, so that's what happened to heart. You got very well done. The question is like this. So certainly, certainly, Haran, without delving into the matter too deeply, clearly, clearly didn't have the same level of Amunabshuta, or rather, the same level of of um, of um, unconditional acceptance of Hashem. That's that's very clear. Avram didn't have to see anybody else jump into the fire to jump in. Haran had to see Avram jump in. So it's definitely clear that Haran is not Avram, and Avram is not Haran. On the one hand, at the same time, one has to ask the following question. It, it doesn't it doesn't sound like from Rashi. It does not sound like from Rashi that Haran, after he sees Avram emerge, after he sees Avram survive, that Haran has a problem with Esamuna. doesn't say that in Rashi. The Rashi doesn't say, like, if we learn the Rashi quickly, everybody learns this Rashi, think of it too quickly. We learn this Rashi, we understand, we come away from the Rashi, think to ourselves, what? Uh, Avram believed and Haran didn't really believe. Haran only jumped in because Avram jumped in. Uh, he only jumped in because Avram jumped in and came out alive. Haran didn't really believe. Rashi doesn't say that anywhere. Rashi doesn't say that Haran didn't believe. Rashi says, if anything, the, the, the fact he says the opposite. Rashi says that Haran said that if Avram emerges, I'm with Avram and God. Yeah, that's right. But he said it. He said it. Rashi's lashon is, Rashi says, that Haran said to himself, that if Avram survives, I'm with Avram and Avram's God. I'm on that side. Rashi doesn't say that Haran was lying. Rashi doesn't say that Haran was insincere. Rashi doesn't say that Haran didn't mean it. He meant it. Rashi, Haran's not lying. Haran wasn't lying. He wasn't tricking himself. He wasn't tricking Nimrod. He wasn't tricking Terach. He wasn't even tricking himself. He, 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 he meant it. Rashi, if Rashi says it, Rashi means it. If Haran said it, Haran meant it. So it's true. He didn't come and start off in the same place of just of, of sincerity and loyalty to God that Avram had. He wasn't as loyal, let's say, 
and is unconditionally loyal. He needed to see Avram first. Great, but after he sees Avram, Rashi says that Harn accepts God. Harn accepted God. He accepted Avram and Avram's God. So why didn't Harn survive? A basic question. Again, if you ask the people on the street, they'll tell you, oh, because Harn didn't really believe. He only jumped in because Avram jumped in. Rashi doesn't say that. Rashi says the opposite. Rashi says that Harn made up with himself that if Avram survives, then he believes. So he did believe. He did believe. He's convinced. He's convinced. Why does he not survive? So I want to speak at two ideas over here, a smaller one and a greater one. The smaller idea, which is it's a nice idea, but it's not the, it's not the, that's not the kishkas of the night idea. The smaller idea is, good, Aharon still definitely believes and he's still convinced. But there is clearly a lack, a lack and a difference, a profound difference between Avram's connection to Judaism, to monotheism and Haran's. And what's that, what's the difference between Avram and Haran? Haran definitely believes, he for sure believes. It's not just one difference, there's two differences, and this is what I want to spend a little bit of time on before we move on. Hopefully we'll have time for one more idea. There's a, there's a profound difference between two differences. Again, two differences that we want to point out between Avram's belief and Haran's belief. The first difference is, well, what's, what, what's the most immediate noticeable difference between Avram's belief and Haran's belief? And though Haran really truly believed, he sincerely believed. I shouldn't say there was a problem with his belief. The difference is, Avram was willing to die for Hashem. Avram was willing to die for God. Haran was not. Haran was not willing to die for Hashem. Haram jumps in only because he's convinced that he's going to be saved. He wasn't really Meiser Nefesh. Everybody understand? That's already a very eye-opening idea. Haran wasn't really Meiser Nefesh. Haram jumps in only because he believes that he's not going to die. Because well, Avram didn't die, so I'm not going to die. So there is already a difference in the commitment, let's say, and the, 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 how far the belief system of Avram goes, and the commitment how far the belief system of Haran goes. Haran's not really ready to be Meisr Nefesh Rashan. If he was, he would have jumped in first. He would have jumped in with or without Avram. He's only jumping into the fire to prove his faith in God when he sees that Avram lives. So he's only willing to do this because he believes he's going to live. Avram is willing to do it even if he dies. So that's the first profound difference. There is certainly a difference in commitment over here. Haran definitely is bought in. Haran does believe. He does believe, but when it comes to giving up his life, he hasn't really proven that to us. He's willing to give up his life for God. He's willing to give up his commitment to the belief. He has belief. Commitment, he doesn't have commitment. Everybody got that? A very, very, very solid and powerful idea. So, I, again, so I, I, I did say there's two differences in, in, in the belief, but the first difference we're talking about is not so much a difference in belief, but a difference in commitment. A difference in commitment. He's not committed like Avram's committed. He, he believes... He believes, but his commitment falls way short of Avram's. He's not committed enough to give up his life, so therefore his life is not saved. And that already, you know, forces us to hold up a mirror and ask ourselves the question, do we believe? Rabbi do we believe? We believe. We believe. You believe. Oh, he believes. Come on. Give me a break. You believe. We all believe, but we know, each and every one of us knows that, that unfortunately belief doesn't always translate into commitment. Are we committed? Are we committed like Avram was committed? Are we committed to God like Avram was committed to God? Avram was so committed in his beliefs that he's willing to jump off the ledge over there into a fiery furnace. That's how much he was committed. You know, we have opportunities every day to be committed, 
that we may not be living up to our commitments. But this is not the biggest test what Hashem put Abraham uh, through. It wasn't the biggest test. The biggest right. of, uh, was Yitzchak. That's right. right Next week. Very right. good. Good for you. Excellent. And, and for now, uh, many people, most of the people, I think, will sacrifice for, for, for their children. A lot of, but for Hashem, I, I don't know. Yes, that's exactly the point. Very good. Thank you. Thank you, Rabbi Moshe, for getting us back on track. That's exactly the point. We all believe, of course we believe in the Rabbi Moshe. How much are we committed, though? How much are we willing to be Moser Nefesh? How much are we willing to take those leaps of faith to God, those plunges, to leave our comfort zone? Haran wasn't really ready to leave his comfort zone, and that's why he got incinerated. He got turned into, uh, you know, into, into fried chicken. Because he wasn't really so committed, he wasn't really he wasn't ready to leave his comfort zone. He was willing to do things that were easy and convenient, and he's going to jump as long as we'll be saved. And he wasn't saved. He did believe, but he wasn't committed. And uh, again, that's the question for us: How much are we really committed? We we can't confuse belief with commitments. We all believe in the rebunction. We believe in but are we committed to the point that we're starting and prepared and willing to make changes that to take us out of our comfort zone, like Avram was? Haran was not. One more difference between Haran and Avram. You guys want to hear something wild, wild, and and um, eye popping? The second difference between Avram and Haran, because again, the question of rising is a valid question. Haran got up and said, "If Avram survives, I'm with him, and I'm with his God." He was with Avram, and he was with his God. He was with the Rebbeinu Shalom. So why wasn't he saved? There's a second difference between Avram and Haran. The second difference is. They both believe, yes, they both believe in the Rebbeinu Shalom. Haran certainly believes in the Rebbeinu Shalom. That's what Rashi says. But the difference is, what is your belief based on? Where is your amuna coming from? Your belief is based on what? What's the basis of your belief in God? And here we encounter something quite insidious over here. Why do you believe? And you can have two people that both believe in the Rebbeinu Shalom. They both believe in the authenticity of the Torah. They both believe in divine revelation. But they both believe in Yitzhiyaz Mitzrayim. They both believe that our ancestors stood at Har Sinai. Har Sinai. And accepted the Torah. You have two people that both believe in the same things. But the question is, why do they both believe in that? And they could be coming from two different places. You could have a person who believes because he believes, because it's true. Because I have unshakable, unquakable, unmovable faith. I believe because I know this is true. I believe because I believe. I have Amuna, and it's, it, it's steadfast. It doesn't budge, it doesn't move, it doesn't shake, it doesn't quake. This is what my parents told me, this is what my teachers told me. This is self-evident from the universe. Of course it's true. It's a no-brainer that it's true. Amuna Pshuta and Amuna Chazaka. Amuna, which is, I believe because, of course it's true. And you have somebody that believes not because it's a no-brainer, not because it's impossible for it to not be true, not because he hasn't been misled by, by his teachers, by his rebbein, but you have a person who believes because you've made a convincing case for the truth. He's believing because of something. His belief is based on something. But based on what? Proofs. Based on philosophy based on clever arguments, based on history. In other words, on some external influence. That's right. Based on a 
a, a um, seminar based on a presentation. And he believes he's bought in. Just because, but you showed him all kinds of interesting messages that are encoded, perhaps, in the Torah. You showed him all kinds of interesting philosophical, historical, and other, other kinds of arguments. And now he believes he's bought in. Social norms. That's the difference, Rabbi Sai, between Avram and Horan. Avram believed because he believed. Avram believed because it was self-evident. He believed because it was a no-brainer. He believed because, of course, it was true. Of course, there's a Rebbe Shalom. Of course, there's one God that made everything. That's his Amuna. Now, it's true, yes, they, the Svarim maybe tell us, some Svarim tell us that everyone on a journey, a philosophical journey, through different philosophical arguments. That may be. But Avram's Amun at the end of the day, he believes because it's self-evident that it's true. He believes because it's a no-brainer. He believes because it's impossible for it not to be true. Avram has Amun of Shuta. He doesn't believe as a result of the proofs, as a result of the philosophy. Vayamin Bahashem We have later in this week's parasha, Avram is called Vayamin. He's the Balamuna. He's the premier and the original Balamuna. He has Amunah. And real Amunah is, I believe, because it's true. I believe because... It cannot be true. I believe because it's self-evident that it's true. I believe that I, I, it's impossible that I've been misled over here. That's real amuna. That's the amuna that a yid needs to have in the Rebbein Shalalim. Haran, his amuna is the latter. He believes in God as well. But why does he believe in God? Because it's been proven to him that God exists. Where's the proof? Avram survived. Haran needs proof. Haran says, show me some proof and then I'll begin to talk. Then I'll begin to believe in then let me see what you're selling me over here. Then I'll read some of your pamphlets. Then I'll subscribe. Then I'll hit the like, the like button over there. Show me some proofs. And then, uh, then you have my vote. Haran needs proofs. Haran is the first person whose amun is based on proofs. And when your amun is based on proofs, it's only as strong as the proof. It's not, it's not, it's not, it's not a steadfast, rock-solid, intrinsic amun of the amun of Avram Avinu. And this is the difference between Avram and Haran. Avram takes that leap of faith. He has real faith. He survives. Haran takes a leap of faith. It's a faith which is, which is an incidental faith, a faith that's based on proofs. That's a faith that's not a strong faith. That's a faith that doesn't allow him to survive. Scary thing, Rabbi Say, But oh so pertinent and real for us and for the people that we are close with, the people that we interact with. We have to know, yeah, there's proofs out there perhaps and there's arguments out there, maybe, and we can convince people with different kinds of philosophies and histories and, 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 and logic. But ultimately, ultimately, we have to know if we're only making someone believe and his belief is locked into the proofs. And based on the proofs, we're not doing them a service, we're doing them a disservice. Proofs in these things are only, as they were for Avram, a transfer, a means of transferring proof-based amuna to real amuna, in, intrinsic amuna. I believe as a as a lifestyle i believe as a choice i believe as a as a um, practice i believe because i believe i believe not because i was based on the proofs i believe because it's impossible for this not to be true it's second nature it's latent it's intuitive it's part and parcel of who I am, my belief in the Rebbein Shalalim. And all the proofs are just to get a year to that place, to get a Jew to such a place. That's the Amunah of Avram, that's the Amunah that is Vayamein Ba'ashem, the Amunah that, that can take Avram Avinu and other people through the roughest of patches 
and to the other side of those patches. When the Amunah is based on proofs, it's only as strong as the proofs, and therefore it's not a very strong Amunah. Not a very strong Amunah, I believe only because of a lot of external, exterior things. That was the belief of Haran, and ultimately it spelled the doom of Haran. Okay, so very, very, very important, Yisoy. So two differences here between Avram and Haran, one in terms of the commitment, and one in terms of the Amunah itself, the belief itself. Very, very, very pertinent for us. We have to believe and be committed, and we have to believe because we believe. Of course it's true, of course it's authentic, we feel it, Rabbi Sites. Judaism is a feeling, it's a hergish. It's, it's a real, it's just part and parcel of who we are. It's in our kishkas. It's not that every day we wake up, why am I putting on tefillin again? Oh, because um, it would be possible for Moshe to make a claim to 600,000 people that stood by his name. That must have been true. If that was true, if everything Moshe said is true, if everything Moshe said is true, there's tefillin is true, again, we're not No, if you go through that every single morning, that's really, that's horror. That's horror. No, we, we wake up we talk to Hashem. Hashem is a real presence in our life. Torah is a real presence in our life. Judaism is a real presence in our life. We believe because we believe that's Avram Vinu. Then Hashem does miracles for us, Rabbi Say. Because Hashem will see miracles from the Rebbein Shalom. Now, quickly, we have a couple more minutes left. Um, a couple more minutes left. Can't go too much over time because I told them not to. I told them in general the policy in order is not to wait more than a minute or two for me. So they're going to start without us. So we have to, we have to get upstairs from here. So let's 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 um, speak out one or two more things on the parsha over here, quickly. So they just had the elections in Eretz Yisrael. And Um, um, There, there, there's, there's, there's happiness, there's excitement, there's a certain celebration and jubilation in the air uh, hearing the results, the election results from Eretz Yisrael. Baruch Hashem, I mean, we definitely can and we should and we need to say Baruch Hashem. We need to say, The front parties did quite well. The, 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 the country is in the hands, hopefully, of, of someone who will be a good agent, a good shliach, and certainly, you know, a better shliach than, than the country has had in the most recent takufas. And let's remind ourselves of something very important. The elections, and it's easy to confuse the elections with what they seem to be on the surface, which is power. Power. Who's in power? Who has control? Well, this party got X amount of seats. Our party, my party, oh, we put all the religious parties together. Look how many seats the religious parties have. That's what we get caught up with is the numbers. The numbers, the seats, the mandates, the power. The from people have more power now. The from people have more influence now. That's a mistake. That's a very big mistake. That's missing out on the entire point of the simcha, the celebration of the elections. Nothing to do about power. The lesson comes from this week's parasha, from Lech Lecha itself. From Lech Lecha. Avram is told by Hashem, Go, Avram, leave your father's house, leave the house of your childhood, leave your residence, and go to the land that I'm going to show you. We all know what land was that. That's right, Eretz Canaan, now known as Eretz Yisrael. Why should you go there? Why is Hashem telling Avram to go there? Why should he go there? So Hashem says, You're going to become a great nation there. You're going to get brachas over there. You're going to be able to disseminate Torah over there. You're going to be able to give people brachas. All the brachas are going to go through you. Amazing, amazing ideas, amazing promises, amazing chef and bounty. So why is Avram being told he should go to Eretz Yisrael? He's going to receive 
tons of bracha. He's going to be able to give tons of bracha. He's going to be gebenched. He's going to be zoicha. To learn, to teach, to disseminate, and to be and, and to proliferate. And to propagate. And to promulgate. What's the, what, what's the there's one thing that Hashem leaves off the list though. One reason that he should go to Eretz that Hashem doesn't say, and it's very strange. If we pick up on it, we'll see right away. It's very odd. There's one thing that's left off the list. Hashem tells him a whole list of reasons why Avram should go to Eretz What's not on the list? Mashiach. Mashiach. Well, okay, it's good to think about Mashiach, but Mashiach is still ways off a little bit. Why? why look, if we needed to convince Ilya to go to Eretz what what would we tell Ilya? Ilya, you should go to Eretz because it's our homeland. It's our homeland. Well, say that again. Homeland. Say that for all the people out there in, 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 in WhatsApp land. Homeland, baby. It's our homeland, baby. Yes. Ilya's right. What do you tell a Jew? What a Jew should go to... It's our homeland. Of course you should go to Israel because that's, that's the land of the Jews. That belongs to us. Avram wasn't told this by Hashem. Hashem said, didn't say go to Israel because it's our homeland. Later, when Avram gets there, that's when Hashem says, Lazarcha et Neno. I'm giving this land to you. This is your homeland. Only after Avram gets there. Why not before? That should be part of the sales pitch. Avram got Eretz Yisrael because you're going to get brachas, you're going to get bound, you're going to proliferate, proliferate, propagate, propagate. One second, and you have a lot of kindulach and you get bracha, and it's also your homeland. Why is that not part of the sales point of here? When we try to convince Yidden to make aliyah, we say, "Go to the land of your forefathers. This is our land. This is America's not your land. Israel's your land." Why don't we tell Avram the same thing? Only after he gets Hashem says it. You know why? Because that's not why a Yid goes to Eretz Yisrael. That's the last reason we go. Not only that's not even the last reason we go, because Avram's only told that after he gets there. A yid goes to Israel because this is where I receive bracha. This is where I'm the most active spiritually. This is where I receive from the rebbeinu shalem. This is where I'm able to give from the rebbeinu shalem. This is where I receive Hashem's bounty and blessing. That's why a yid goes to Israel. Homeland is about power. Homeland is about who's in charge. Homeland is about this is our land. This is where we can put up our flag. This is where we can have. Border control, we can have our own passports and, and say who comes in and who doesn't come in. That's a homeland, and that's power. And that last, not even the last reason, you don't go to Erso for power, for, to be in charge, to have our personal land. And Avram's only told that after he gets it because we don't want to wire that into the legacy of Kleisrael. That does not become a reason and should not become a reason. It's not eternalized a reason why Kleisrael goes there. The elections are not about power. We should not get caught up in the power. It's not about how many seats, how many seats, how many seats. The jubilation, the celebration that we feel right now from the elections of Israel is Baruch Hashem, Yidin can do what they're supposed to be doing. That's our take on the elections. Baruch Hashem, the from contingents in Israel can now do unhindered what they're supposed to do. Learn Torah, teach Torah, do mitzvahs, do mice and toivim. Till now they were persecuted and hindered. Hopefully Hashem will turn the tide now, now with, 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 with the new regime. But that's the celebration, not the power, not the decision making. That's not why Avram goes, that's not why we go, that's not why we celebrate. We celebrate the, the, the victorious elections of Erzul because Baruch Hashem, Kleisol in Erzul can now do what Kleisol in Erzul is supposed to be doing. Everybody here? Amazing lesson for us and for all time. Everyone should have a wonderful Lichtige Shabbos and um, we'll get back together with Hashem next week. Thank you for joining us.